This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, a financial partner for businesses throughout the South for 130 years. Trustmark offers a range of products and services designed to help small businesses efficiently manage finances. More info at Trustmark.com, member FDIC. From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, President of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Nancy and Ryder are both chartered financial analysts. Ryder holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. Want to know what to buy or not to buy in February? Or what good thing Mississippi is number one in? We've got a little bit of many things on today's Open Topic Show so you can contact us about your personal finance questions today. The number to call, it's 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. You can email the show. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. So good morning. Hope that you're both doing well this morning. Good morning, morning, Kevin. Uh, Financial news in the news? Well, um, we're seeing very strong consumer confidence, and that bodes well for the economy. When people feel good, they're going to be out there spending money. Oh, wow. I was going to take a completely opposite tack and talk about. (laughs) uh, Because what's been in the news uh, a lot for, I guess, about the past week is the the coronavirus, I believe is outside. Um, uh, Infectious disease coming out of um, the Wuhan uh, city uh, province in China. Um, And so that's, uh, the markets were down about 2% yesterday, which which is a huge amount. You know, we haven't seen that a market move down that much in a while. Um, and a, a lot of folks were saying, you know, it's due to concerns about the coronavirus. Uh, obviously, any anything like that, um, any rapidly spreading infectious disease is going to kind of put a freeze on things. You know, you know, business travel is going to stop happening. You know, if you're, you know, if you're a company and you're manufacturing over in China, you might not want to go there and visit and make sure things are up to stuff. You might not want to be receiving shipments. Um, so, really puts a freeze on a lot of ac- economic activity. And so, right now, it's still. Um, you know, in terms of the population over there, quite small. It was about 4,500 cases. It has uh, spread. There are cases, uh, folks who contracted it and who have, you know, come home um, to other places. But it's just kind of the anticipation of it, um, as always. You know, I think everyone, you know, without a lot of good information, is kind of uh, letting the worst uh, scenarios play out in their minds. But um, good uh, containment policies and um, and and good uh, health care uh, should um, should should ease that. And this is happening when emerging markets were starting to take off again. Yes. And so, if all those people stay inside, they're not spending money. That's but right. we're not seeing that happening over here yet, and we're going to cross our fingers, it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, the other interesting uh, news that we chatted about here just before we came on the air, and that is Powerball coming to the Mississippi Lottery, and we determined when is that, Ryder? Uh, I believe it is uh, the thirtieth uh, uh, Thursday. Is that correct? Um, and that's it will be sold. The first Powerball drawing that Mississippians will uh, be uh, part of is will be Saturday. The drawings are, I believe, Saturday and Wednesday. I think is right. Um, so it's currently just under four hundred. Million, so hopefully. And for those potential winners out there, if they need a financial advisor, right? <laughs> right. We were just discussing, you know, what what would you actually what, do, you do if you want? So, yeah. uh, so the jackpot is uh, just under four hundred million. Obviously, you've got some taxes on that, uh, but call in if you have some really good ideas. 
And I think you have to match five numbers to win. Is that right? And if isn't there something if you match three or something? I'm not exactly you sure how it all works. You have to match all the numbers. I believe I believe it's five numbers plus a Powerball number, so a total of six numbers. You have to get I all six, right. and then can yes. only one? I guess only one person can win. No, you can. Uh, everyone can win if they all guess the right, right numbers. Um, do very they split often, the pot then? yeah, they split the pot if 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 multiple people win. Oh, um, gee, and, I wouldn't want just one hundred million. But well, gee. yeah, that would just be a real letdown. Uh, well, you know, and sometimes there's cases where you know, say, an office pool buys right. the ticket, you know, or you know, they buy a bunch of tickets, they have a winning ticket, they can split that way, you know, amongst say ten people in an office come together to buy a ticket, uh, or you know, two people in two completely different places walk into two completely different gas stations and buy their tickets. Uh, but it happens to be the winning ticket both times. Uh, that's another way that two people can win or multiple people can win and split the pot. I believe, I believe the really big one uh, a couple years ago when it when it kind of raced up over a billion. I believe that one was split by two or three people uh, at the end. <clears throat> Make sure you have everything in writing before the drawing for that because I'm sure there can be, <clears throat> especially if it's an office. Misunderstandings. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, and our producer, Liz Gill, reminds us we did uh, do an episode about the lottery when it first came to Mississippi. So if you're interested, you can go back and find the podcast. Uh, just search Money Talks in your favorite podcasting app, uh, and you'll be able to track that down. Um, but, you know, that thing, too, I mean, if you're going to win, it, it would be, you know, kind of sad that you, you have to share your moment in the sun, as it were, with some other person. You know, would you care? <laughs> I mean, here again, we've had this conversation <laughs> about... Kevin, on the radio, <laughs> every single day says, I don't want to share my moment really? with somebody else. <laughs> but I, I'm just thinking, um, after you get past a certain amount, what does an extra dollar really mean? Right. And, um, That's a great you know, point. I can only think about so many things I could spend the money on before you just kind of run out of stuff and it's just a big pile of money. A whole design of designer masks for so when the well, coronavirus comes uh, here. You'll... Liz was in here saying she's going to just spread it among all of her family members. That's why it's going to work. Yeah, but well, I don't know. I mean, if you're going to win obscene amounts of money, just pile it on, and you know, I'll I'll figure out some. You'll way figure to spend it, it out. Okay. <laughs> Although you're right, that's what three hundred million dollars. How many pairs million. of shoes can you <laughs> I buy? I can buy a shoe. A warehouse. That's full right. Of shoes. I, I can start manufacturing my. I can buy Nike. I'll just you know do that. Do it that way. Okay. No, you can't. No, you cannot, no. That, that, <laughs> yeah, is, that is not enough to buy Nike. That's not enough. You can buy a large part of Nike for sure. I'll buy Shoe Town or something then, or, you know, yeah. a shoe store. Yeah, okay. yeah let's be a little less shoes. ambitious than all, right. all of Nike. <laughs> We're looking uh, for your personal finance questions this morning, Open Topic Day. We've got some other things to fill in between your calls, but we really would appreciate it. And uh, if you'd call in with any sort of personal finance question this morning, the number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We promised a little bit of good news about Mississippi. And the question is, where does $100,000? in retirement savings last the longest. Oh, is it Mississippi? The answer is that that's correct. In a recent study by the personal finance site Go Banking Rates, they averaged total expenditures for people 65 and over and the cost of living index in each state to come up with the ranking. Your retirement dollars will last the longest here in Mississippi. And there are several reasons for that. The first being uh, retirement <laughs> income is not taxed for state income taxes. Mm -hmm. So you have a break there. And 
um, also we have very lenient laws on uh, property taxes for people who are senior citizens. Mm-hmm. So you're going to pay much lower property taxes. And um, we also have pretty low food prices because we're in the South, uh, access to lots of producers um, yep. and ways for food to get into us. Um, our property prices are lower than what you'll see on the East Coast or the West Coast. That's definitely true. Yeah, we've seen a lot of people who will retire from the East Coast sell their homes and move south and end up with a bigger house than what they had up there and pocket the change. And energy, transportation costs are yeah. low. We do produce uh, and refine some, but we're also close we're to Louisiana to that, and yeah. Texas who uh, produce and refine a ton of oil and gasoline. Uh, so all of that is just, we just have a lot of things going to make us uh, low cost. But a, a big thing is the property, and that is you know, we're just not a super populous state. We're the same size as you know Alabama next door, but we have half the population. Uh, So you just have fewer people fighting over the same amount of space. Um, Half of U.S. workers say they're behind on saving. 38% say they have no retirement account. Oh, that's shocking. So for those 50% that say they're behind on savings, are there some general suggestions on how they can stretch whatever money they have saved in retirement? Uh, Well, start saving. Yeah, well, you're going to have to do two things. You're going to have to ramp up how much you're saving, and then you're going to have to look at your investments. So if you're behind on saving and preparing for retirement, that means you're probably going to have to be a bit more aggressive on your investment choices to try to produce that kind of return. Yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, here's an email, and this one might uh, might be for our program Everyday Tech as well. That's Wednesday morning at 10. But it says, do you know of a program or device to turn a receipt into an Excel file? I'm trying to divide grocery bills between three people, and it's overwhelming. Oh, um, I, not off the top of my head, but I do know there are some apps. Uh, the ones I've seen are related to expense reports. Um, you know, they make it easy for you know, for instance, a business traveler to snap a picture of their of their receipts, and it will um, split everything out um, pretty well. I, I'm not sure the name off the top of my head, but if we have, you know, if I if I come across that, I'll I'll definitely shoot that out to them. All right, and as I said, we might uh, forward that to our friends on Wednesday and see if they can attack that from sort of the tech angle. <clears throat> Let's go ahead and take our first break. We are on an open topic day today, so that means we d- you decide what personal finance questions to bring up. Uh, call us at one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one 672 7464 or send an email to money at mpbonline.org. Have you started your taxes? We've got a reminder for you when we come back from the break. You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. I'm Professor Richard Gershon from the University of Mississippi School of Law, host of In Legal Terms. If you're enjoying this podcast, I encourage you to listen to In Legal Terms, the show about you and your rights. We find interesting legal topics to bring to you and let you know how the law affects you. Find In Legal Terms on any podcasting platform on your smart device or on our website, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. The 
information presented on Money Talks is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult a financial advisor or any other qualified professional for guidance about your personal finance questions. Welcome back to Money Talks. If you missed part of the show, you can always visit moneytalks.mpbonline.org to listen again. And there is the MPB Public Media app that you can download for your smartphone. Then you can listen to all of the Think Radio shows on your schedule. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lottridge-Anderson, President of New Perspectives and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. It's an open topic day today, so uh, any kind of personal finance question that you have, you can give us a call at one 1- Eight seven seven MPB ring. It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Between your phone calls, we're talking about some various money related topics. So also, you could email the show. Uh, the email address is money at mpbonline.org. This week is Tax Identity Theft Week. Now, what does that mean to you? Uh, this is the week to steal somebody's <laughs> identity. Excuse me. We, we talked about this uh, last week, I believe. You know, one uh, one source of identity theft is uh, folks filing a tax return for someone else. So, uh, particularly someone who they think is going to have, um, you know, say an earned income tax credit. You know, something that gives them a very large check refund um, because you can have those you know you can have it you know mailed as a check you can have it uh, deposited to a bank account you can have it I believe put on uh, some reloadable debit cards and so you can file under somebody else's name if you know their information and you know their social security number so that's a fairly common um, well, it started becoming more common a few years ago way of of taking uh, somebody else's uh, deserved tax refund. Uh, the the dumb thief would obviously pick someone who owes a bunch of money, and then they would get into trouble uh, that there way. There are a lot of dumb thieves out there. <laughs> well, yeah. that's true. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's why they get caught most of the times. Um, <clears throat> we have a caller on the line, so why don't we say good morning to Richard from Pascagoula. Richard, you're on the air with us. Go ahead, please. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Open, uh, can you open an IRA account for an infant or a young child? If they have earned income, you can, but if not, no. Um, what, what, what qualifies as earned income? Um, if, they, if they have a job and they earn income in their job and they, and they get and a W-2. And paid on a W-2, yeah. which you could, you know, you could try, you could try setting up a business and paying that, but the IRS might frown upon that. Um, also keep in mind, you know, a lot of places there are kind of age restrictions, period, on, on when a child can actually be working and earning money. Um, also, but be a, it's good for a teenager that has oh, a summer it's great job, for a teenager. jobs. They're not an infant at that point anymore, Nancy. I understand. Um, but but, you know, and also just beware, you know, a lot of folks do that, you know, paying, you know, especially if you have your own business, paying your children something to kind of, you know, they get to expense that. And, you know, if, as long as it's under a certain amount, the child doesn't have to pay taxes on it. 
Uh, so just be aware that you're not running afoul of what they call kitty tax rules uh, or child tax uh, rules um, when you do that. But for an infant, and that's it's going to be it's going to be tricky to to argue to Mr. IRS that they are uh, they are working and providing a great service, especially when you have options like uh, opening a 529 account, which would mm-hmm. be for their education, which now can be used for K through 12 private school as well as for college. All right, Richard. Uh, yeah, thanks for your call. Good to hear from you this morning. We've got some open phone lines on this open topic day. If you have a question for us, the number to call is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 You can email the show as well. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. Two, money, uh, two emails to share. Ooh. This first one is a response to uh, the first email we read about um, a person looking for a way to um, transfer receipts to an Excel. Excel sheet, uh, and the the suggestion is Concur. Uh, so obviously that's Concur. the name of the app. So con- the Concur app. Ah, we need to check that so out. So okay. look into that yeah. one. Uh, here is another one. It says I have accrued approximately forty thousand dollars of credit card debt. This oh. funded home repairs, vehicle repairs, and starting a business. I'm wondering what might be the best way to address this, such as bankruptcy, debt consolidation, etc. Boy, this can be complicated, and this is someone who may need to sit down with an advisor and look at their whole situation. Mm-hmm. Um, the first place I would start is to look at: Do you own your home? It sounds like they do. They did a lot of home repairs exactly. themselves. And so is there some equity in the home that you can use to borrow against to pay off so that you move this high interest debt to low interest debt? But the caution there is you're moving from unsecured debt to secured right. debt, which means if you don't make the payments, they can take your house. Whereas yeah. on the credit card, you don't have that issue. I think one question is, is the problem uh, just the cost of the debt? Is the problem that you simply don't have the income to pay for right. it? anymore um you know with some people it's just you know they've got plenty of income it's just it's just a it's a it's a big weight on their mind the interest expense of the credit card is so high and with just a little bit of organization might be all they need now if it's bankruptcy because that is a possibility um there are carves out carve outs uh for the value of the that you have in your home but you need to talk with a bankruptcy attorney in that case but start with a financial advisor really looking at your entire picture you need to look at the rates you're being charged on each of those debts, including the mortgage, and see if you can come up with a plan. And there are uh, folks, credit counselors, uh, you know, one used to be on this show, and that is usually a, it's a, it's it's the first step of the bankruptcy process, but it is also something you can engage with um, kind of before you reach that as well. So that might be, might be useful uh, tack there. Um, I got some junk mail yesterday for the first time. I've never really gotten this, but it was an Ooh. offer for a home equity line of credit. Mm-hmm. And you know, nice. the envelope said, you know, you might have some equity hidden there. So it's, they were offering this very kind service to of you know, to find this equity for you. And then if, then they want to you know yeah. sign up for the... One caution, um, because a lot of people are using um, home equity lines of credit, most of those are variable rates, meaning as interest rates go up, then the rate they're charging you goes up. So you can start with a low interest rate. And if you let it hang out there for too long, you're paying a lot. Mm-hmm. Also, the one time I never got one, but at one time I was thinking about it and the bank was pushing me to have a larger 
uh, credit line that I really wanted or felt comfortable with. So that's another thing you, I think you've got to watch out for is they're going to want, oh, just, you know, $10,000. Right, because that, that does factor in somewhat to your credit score, how much you have available. Yeah. All right. Another caller on the line, and this time it's uh, J.R. from Sardis. Good morning, J.R. You're on the air with us. Go ahead. Good morning. I have an educational IRA and a 529 plan for my children. Uh, what are the difference on uh, in things that I can spend that money on for them? Well, I'm it, not clear on that. Right. We used to have a big difference with an educational IRA. Um, you could um, use that for... K through 12. Uh, but now the law has changed just recently so that 529s can also be used for K through 12 private education. Um, the biggest difference is how much you can put in them every year, and the 529 wins on that account. But what can I spend them on? Well, what as can I, I spend the money on? I mean, at, as, as far as. You know, can I, can I buy a, a car for them? No, no. It needs to be a quali- what the IRS calls a qualified education expense. And, I mean, IRS.gov, I mean, you can just search qualified education expense on there. But it is essentially things which are directly necessary to them uh, participating in school. Uh, so things like tuition, uh, some things along the lines of uh, books and fees that they can't get out of. You can't use it for things like uh, fraternity or sorority fees, extracurricular clubs, um, but you can use it for room and board, room and board, yeah. um, and expenses that are directly related uh, to uh, their their classes. For instance, if they are required to have a computer, then you can. Uh, I believe you can buy a computer uh, with five twenty nine money. And and like Nancy pointed out, they're very similar now. Five twenty nines are just in general much better. They have a lot less restrictions on deposits and withdrawals. I believe. Um, and you can you can probably also combine the two at this point. And while I wouldn't use that money to purchase a car, as Ryder mentioned, there are these qualified educational expenses, but there's not a lot of oversight on on watching what money is being used for. Nancy. I'm just saying. Thank you. All right, uh, JR, thanks for your call. We've got some open phone lines on this open topic day. The number to call if you have a personal finance question is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Send an email to money at mpbonline.org. What about uh, transportation costs in order for your child to get maybe to and from college? Would that be? I, I, don't, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Just curious. All right. Uh, February starts on Saturday. And we have a list of suggestions on what to buy if you're in the market during the month of February. The first Lottery one. Lottery tickets. Well, <laughs> that's, that's a foregone conclusion there. So you can get your eight million zillion dollars to just start. That's the other thing. Just start throwing the money. You drive down the street, just throwing money out of your car. Oh, golly. Oh. <laughs> Pay it, it would forward. cause a riot. <laughs> you're in McDonald's. Pay for the Big Mac in the car yeah, behind but, you. But, but when you're talking millions, uh, h- h- how much? Well, can lay you down spend? a couple of crispy. Well, you 20s can upsize there. it to large then. Upsize it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Just tell them you want to pay for the next fifty cars behind you, whatever they get. Oh. <laughs> 
Actually, you could probably finance the, the entire year. Everyone that comes through the drive-through this year, I'm taking their bill. I tell you what, I would like to do <clears throat> if right. I had that much money. I would love to um, invite people with business ideas, just to not not to be the venture capitalist, but to be the subsidizer. So, if you have a good idea and I want to support small oh, you businesses, you want to be an angel investor. But but without, this is how we ended up with WeWork, Nancy. No, but without the return, just oh, like oh, you just want to give people money. I want to give it to them. Well, yeah, that's to, fine. To give them seed money to get them started. Wouldn't that be great? You're your very yeah. own Kickstarter. You would be Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah you could like just that. go on Kickstarter. I'm, I'm going to buy all of the Kickstarter <laughs> projects. I want to be discriminating. All right, uh, got two calls, but the first uh, one on our list, TV and electronics. Uh, the Consumer Electronics Show uh, is early in the month, and so people are going to try to get rid of the older um, TVs and electronics that you have. So this would be February would be a good month. And I think a lot of these, it's the new things have come out, and so the last year's models well, and, and things and are the other be. thing is the Super Bowl is coming up, and right. everybody's lining oh, up to get your big, yep. 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 to yep. get those big screen TVs. That is the number one motivator to buy TVs. Exactly. I'm, fortunately, I I bought mine for Black Friday, so I'm I'm set to go on my big new TV to watch Super Bowl, even though I don't really care who wins or loses. Back to the phone lines we go, and we say good morning to Mark from Olive Branch. Mark, you're on the air with us. Go ahead. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. I've got another question about uh, 529 expenses. Uh, my daughter's uh, about to graduate uh, this May with a degree in English, so her job mm-hmm. prospects are obviously limited. Um, and she wants to uh, get some certification in teaching English as a second language. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's got a place that she wants to do that uh, in Chicago. Uh, but I'm not sure I can spend any of the remaining funds on that certification. I can't find a federal school code or anything for the uh, academy she wants to go to. Uh, yeah, that can be tough um, because, you know, yeah, obviously there there are a lot of places you can go through a college or university and do that sort of thing. And you would be able to, I mean, you can have the 529 send the check straight to them. It, it really does just depend on, on how that school is registered. Um, uh, somebody at that school would know. I would say that. I mean, unless they're like a Nancy's smiling at me like it might be some fly by night sort of thing. No, no. I'm just <laughs> saying, again, um, it was designed to be for educational purposes. Yes. I know there's this list. Um, um, and we do know it can be used for graduate school. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I I think if you're looking at this is education, this is for certification, I would probably do it um, because then you're back to who's telling you that doesn't qualify. Yeah. Right. It is in furtherance of uh, her English degree and, and she'll be using it to get a job. So I, I was right. thinking it probably would be okay. I, Probably, Pro- but but if you do that, understand that the IRS could come back and uh, say, you know, ask for more specifics there. But I think you're going to be okay. All right. So if they did that, I'd end up having to um, use it, call it a unqualified distribution and pay the ten percent tax and all. Right. That. Yeah. 
Okay. Well, thank you for your for your help. I appreciate it. All right, Mark. Thanks for your call. Let's take another break. When we get back, we've got Lorraine and Jerry on the line. We'll get to your calls after this break. But we are going to take a break on Money Talks on MPB Think Radio, an open topic day. Your personal finance question is our main concern today. So give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB Ring. Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can email the show. Send it to money at mpbonline.org. Between the phone calls, we'll continue. Continue talking about things to buy in February and also some categories of things you might not want to buy in February. We'll be back with more after this. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Joining me on the show each week are healthcare professionals who add their expertise to the discussion. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, President of New Perspectives and Ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. They're both chartered financial analysts. Ryder holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. It's an open topic day. We've got some uh, things to fill or things to talk about, but we've got a full bank of phone lines ready to go. So let's start again with Lorraine, who is in Laurel. Good morning, Lorraine. Go ahead. Good morning. I have a question. This might not be what y'all are talking about. But my husband has an IRA, and then he has a a non-qualified, you know, I think this is annuity. Right. Does does he need to, um, we haven't heard from him, does he need to take out some of this money? A63. Uh, he doesn't have to. We just had a law change, so the first uh-huh. time you have to take out required minimum distributions from an IRA is uh-huh. the year you turn age 72. His, his annuity would not be subject to that. Um, I will qualify that by saying you may have a particular annuity that requires you to start taking money out on a regular basis, but you can just look at your contract for that. Well, we haven't heard from them or anything, but the non-qualified, would it would do the same thing? Would it be like 72? No. No. No, because it's, it's not under retirement rules. So he could pull that out any time? Yes, he should be able to pull that out any time, subject to the contract. So you just need to go back and find out how much you can take out. Are you going to face surrender penalties? Um, If you're still within the surrender time frame, usually Uh they'll let you take out up to 10%. But you you just need to call the company and find out what you can do. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you so much, y'all. Have a good day. I enjoy the program. Thank right. you. Thank you. Thanks, Lorraine. Up next, calling from my favorite city in, Pens- uh, in Florida, Pensacola, Jerry is on the line. Good morning, Jerry. What do you have for us? Uh, yes, uh, it's Gary with the G. Sorry uh, about that. I have a yeah. Um, we have a home. Uh, me and my fiance were getting married in April, and we have a home uh, that's uh, valued at. It's currently on the market for one hundred and fifteen thousand dollars. We owe twenty on it, and um, the contract with the current real estate agent is up at the end of this month. And we're debating on uh, 
uh, getting uh, getting a house refinanced and putting like um, twenty thousand in, into the house to fix it up and keep it as a rental property versus selling it out, outright and uh, looking for another property. And, and I was just wondering if you had any uh, uh, pros and cons on that. Um, so you do have a couple of option, options for taking money out. You could either just do it through a home equity line of credit, or you could do a cash out refinance. Um, you have plenty of equity in there, so I'm not really concerned about either way. Um, as far as, you know, do I want to keep this property or do I want to purchase another one? If you're looking to own a rental property long term, just it makes more sense to me to own the one you already have. Um, you know, the costs in sell, selling real estate uh, just from, you know, what you need to do to fix it up, closing costs, real estate brokerage commissions, and then just the time it takes. You know, you're already... you. You said your your uh, real estate agent contract is coming due soon, so that it's it's been almost six months already. Um, you know, there's just a lot of cost and a lot of hassle with trying to sell a home. And if it's in a uh, an area that's that rents decently, that could be a potentially way easier for you if that's what you want to do. And you need to think about: Do I want to be a landlord? Um, because that comes with all kinds of risk. Um, things break down, and you're responsible to repair those. And you need to look, as Ryder said, at the market for rentals. How much could you get on a rental? Um, and is it worth it for you to hang on to it? All right, Jerry. Right. Uh, well, um, oh, another thing I wanted to ask you was, well, first of all, the contract with the real estate agent was only for 60 days. Oh. And... Um, yeah, we, we did it for 60 days here in Pensacola. Wow. Uh, right. And um, I just, I was just one, our first thought was to just sell it. And I just wanted the average time where we're looking, is it something the house is doing or something? What's the average sale time in our area that houses are selling for? Well, you need to talk to your agent about that because they can tell you in your price range, how long does it typically take to sell? And if you're looking for a quick sell, then that agent should be able to give you some guidance about price. Um, that's usually the big one. If you can lower your price and, and don't get attached to a particular price just to get it off your backs, or do you need to do some upgrades, which is what you're talking about? And that means finding the money to do those upgrades. And um, if your intention is to sell it, then instead of a permanent refinance uh, on that primary residence, I would just do a home equity line of credit. All right. Well, sounds good. All right. I appreciate y'all's time. Thanks for the call, Gary. Let's move on next. Marianne is in Jackson and on the line. Good morning, Marianne. Go ahead. Hello. Yeah, go ahead. You're on the uh, air with us. I built up a sizable IRA, really a 401k, and it's it would. I'm in the uh, required minimum distribution period. On the new secure rules for. Um, distribution if you inherit an IRA right now it's all going to my son mm -hmm. would it be wise for me since his children are in lower tax brackets those are my grandchildren to divide the um, beneficiaries among my son and his three children 
Uh, that's an interesting one. Uh, so generally speaking, yes, if you're dividing it amongst more people, then they are withdrawing it all at lower uh, lower tax bracket. They're withdrawing smaller amounts, and so it's going to be you know lower taxes uh, for them if they're in lower brackets. Um, there are some issues with generation skipping taxes uh, when you do that, but you know again, I'm not I'm not exactly sure at what levels that's um, that's going to hit you at. All right, thanks for the call. We've got another caller on the line calling in from Cherokee, Alabama. We've got Mary. Good morning, Mary. Go ahead, please. I had this, about the same question that the previous caller had, is what can I do as far as handling my IRA 401k so that it will be less of a tax burden for my children when they receive it? Well, one thing is to to look at right now, you might want to consider doing some Roth conversions. Mm -hmm. That is taking part of that tax-deferred money that's in a 401k or an IRA and moving it over to a Roth. Now, the amount you move over, you're going to have to pay tax on the front end, but hopefully your tax bracket is lower than the beneficiaries will be. And once you move it over, it is totally tax-free. You're in a better situation. And so that then helps with their tax tax burden in the future. But you need to sit down with maybe your CPA or a financial advisor and come up with a strategy so you don't get bumped into a higher tax bracket when you do that. Okay. Thank you very much. All right, Barry, thanks for your call. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Uh, before we go to our break, we've been talking about some of the things that you might want to buy in February, which starts on Saturday. We talked about TV and electronics. Also in that same idea of last year's models, uh, furniture and appliances, this is a good time of year uh, to uh, to buy those. Always President's Day is a big uh, time when uh, there are a lot of sales, and that's February 17th this year. Uh, so you might want to consider that. Winter apparel and gear. Uh, during the final month of winter, you'll spot some of this year's deepest discounts on winter apparel and sporting goods. So if you can uh, stock it away in your closet and get it ready for the next year, you'll get some discounts on as well. Uh, chocolate and other Valentine's merchandise, including flowers, but obviously only after the 14th of February. I'm going to buy those wilted flowers on the 15th. <laughs> stock up on those little bears with the hearts, and you can just save them for next year. And the chocolate will be a little glazed over with white, but who'll notice? Who Stick it notice? in the deep freeze because you bought an extra freezer with that $300 zillion ah, you got from the lottery. Yeah, that's how you save money, kids. <laughs> buy a freezer and just buy way too much chocolate. <laughs> You'll corner the chocolate market, that's for sure. All right, let's uh, take another quick break. When we get back, we'll continue looking for your calls on this open topic day on Money Talks. And we'll also talk about maybe some things that you shouldn't be buying in February. If you have a question for us, we've got some open phone lines. So the number is one eight seven seven. MPB Ring. Our phone number is one 7464 You can email the show by sending it to money at mpbonline.org. We'll be back with more of the program after this. Hey, this is Malcolm White with the Mississippi Arts Commission. I'm one of the hosts of the Mississippi Arts Hour arts interview show on Think Radio. Every week, myself or one of my fellow hosts bring you in-depth interviews with different creative Mississippians. We talk with visual artists, musicians, writers, as well as people who help bring the arts to their communities. We hear about how each artist learned their craft and get some insight into their creative process. You can hear the Arts Hour every Sunday at 5 p.m. 
on Think Radio or listen anytime by subscribing to the show through your favorite podcast app. Welcome back to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. I'm Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotter-Janderson, writer Taff from New Perspective. It's an open topic day. We've been getting a variety of questions, and we've got some open phone lines, so if you have one for us, give us a call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring which is one 7464 You can email the show as well by sending it to money at mpbonline.org. So uh, before we the break, we talked a little bit about things that uh, you might want to consider buying in February. Uh, the uh, Nerd Wallet and Offers.com offer up a list of things not to buy in February. So if you see those deep discounts on the winter apparel, you should jump on it. But if you see spring apparel uh, in the stores, you should not because uh, it will be. Because it's not spring yet. That's right. Well, it is here in Mississippi, isn't it? By February. Well, hopefully. Yeah, usually. <laughs> I, mean, I hope so. <laughs> so we can we can jump on the spring apparel bandwagon a little bit earlier. Because we're ready for stores. summer. That's right. Uh, but, and you know, I think we, we've talked about this before. To me, what is the difference between spring and summer apparel? Don't you wear shorts there's, in the spring? There's less of it. There, there's no difference, again, in Mississippi. Okay, that's okay? true. All right. Because by the time it gets warm enough to put on your shorts, you're in shorts until, what, December? Until right. it's Carhartt season. Carhartt season? Winter. Winter. You know, when Those you wear your, your Carhartt, you know, big Carhartt coveralls. jackets, you know. The, oh. Have you? I don't know what a Carhartt have, have jacket is. Have you been is. outside in Mississippi ever? <laughs> what, what is a Carhartt it's jacket? A, it's, a, it's a brand of jackets. Oh. oh, my God. This is really embarrassing. I, this. Apparently, I'm not a, a hip to know what a Carhartt jacket is. Yeah, I don't think I would call it hip. I, I guess not. Would you call no, it hip? No. It's more like, it's very... It's outdoorsy. Know. Yeah, outdoorsy. Okay. Farmers wear it. Hunters wear it. It's that those really warm coats that everyone in Mississippi <laughs> wears on those three days where it's below like sixty-two degrees. So is it a brand or a style? It's a brand. Okay. <laughs> I'm still wearing my pro player jacket. Is it too from the late 90s? to cut this? This is bad. <laughs> He's not from here, Ryder. I have a, f- a flannel. You know. Okay. I mean, so what sure. we're talking about now is the changes upcoming to uh, FICA. <laughs> All right, but let's first finish our list of things not to buy in February. We talked about this, Valentine's Day things between now and February. Uh, gym memberships, New Year's sign-up deals are probably gone, and the warm spring weather offers have not started yet. If you do have one, try to negotiate uh, your membership this time of year. And if you're going to sign up for a gym membership, for goodness sakes, go. And if you're not going, then, you know, after two months, if you haven't been, you need everyone to cancel else, it. Then you should walk by the gym and tell everyone you're well. Welcome. Really? Because that's what you're doing. And they're counting on that. They're counting on us signing up and not showing up. Absolutely. Well, then also, again, as we talked about this time of year in Mississippi, you can get out so you you don't need the gym. That's right. All right. Back to the phone lines we go. Uh, Lauren is on the line. Good morning. You're up next. So go ahead, please. Hey, good morning. I'm really enjoying y'all. I'm on a road trip. Thanks. Um, (laughs) I'm almost to Holly Springs, headed to Oakland, Mississippi. And my question is, I'm new to Mississippi. I've lived in Tennessee, Seattle, Charleston, South Carolina. I've never paid a state income tax, and I'm 64 years old. At some point, are you exempt from state income tax, or is that forever? Not not, exactly. Yeah, not actually exempt. Are you retired? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so are you drawing money out of retirement accounts, a pension, or a 401k, or an IRA? 
Yes, I have an inherited. Uh, my husband passed away, and I have a pension and mm-hmm. Social Security. Yeah, so those sources of income are not taxed in Mississippi. It's it's not it's not the person is not taxed in Mississippi. It's the source of income, and so retirement sources such as IRAs, pensions, and Social Security are not taxed at the state level in Mississippi. So, uh, yeah, lucky you. You are you are pretty much tax exempt. Of course, if you have a lot of interest in income or investment income, or you do have any part time work income, those are still taxable. But uh, oh, it's, no, no. yeah, I just. just so this is a great phone call. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you you picked a good time to mi- to uh, move to Mississippi. Yeah, Welcome. Just, just don't just don't start working. All right. Um, you know what? I'm going to wait till I'm 66. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Lauren. Thanks for your call. Uh, let's go next. We've got uh, John on the line from South Haven. Good morning, John. Go ahead. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, two quick questions about uh, credit freeze. I uh, when uh, Equifax uh, got. Uh, busted, I guess it was. Uh, we tried to freeze all of our credit, uh, and we got my wife's all three credits frozen and two of mine, but one of mine denied it. And I was wondering, can I keep going back in and trying? That's interesting that you were denied the ability to freeze your credit. They wanted they wanted me to send in my copy of my birth certificate and W twos and, and which, all kinds um, of information, and I <coughs> did not want to send that in the mail. That's okay, totally we, fair. Uh, which one was that? Experian. Uh, Experian. Um, yeah, I'd probably just you know leave them alone and watch that credit report coming from Experian to see if anything pops up and maybe try later, uh, maybe even a year or two later to see if you can freeze it. How about three years later? That would work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, because it, yeah. it's been about three years, I think. Okay, and the uh, other uh, question would be, uh, if I have no earned income, can I roll over uh, my... IRAs yeah. to a Roth? Yes. yes. Even yeah. with no earned income? Yes. Yes. Because oh, okay. it, it does count at when you take that money out of the IRA to put it into a Roth IRA that you will have to pay federal tax on that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it, there's no there's no income requirements. They took those off a number of years ago. So right. anyone at any time can do Roth IRA okay. conversions. Well, that's what I was wondering because I'm already 72 and I've been taking um, – required minimum distributions for a couple mm-hmm. of years now, mm-hmm. and I didn't know if it was too late to start rolling bits and pieces of it over. No. Okay, but they do not count as required minimum That's That's correct, and that's a real important point. So, you know, say you have a $5,000 required minimum distribution, you know, rolling over $5,000 to a Roth does not count as your RMD. And, in fact, a lot of places will require you to do your RMD uh, for the year before you try and do any conversions or rollovers, et cetera, because they want to make sure that you are in compliance with those tax laws. Okay, great information. Thank you. I Absolutely. appreciate it very much. Thanks right, for calling, John. John. Thanks for the call. This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Now I understand I have gone to Carhartt.com, and with jackets you know ranging is, from huh? $109 to $145, that's why I've never heard of a Carhartt jacket. 
I'll, I buy my jacket at Walmart. Thank you very much. All right. A couple I, I think of, you can find them there, can you not? <laughs> yeah, you can definitely buy Carhartts at Walmart. $110 is a lot of money for a jacket. Well, you wait until the spring and they'll be on sale. How much do you pay for those shoes that you are always buying? It's a ja- Jackets are important. Less than $100. I mean, shoes can get to be expensive. Yes. But if you go to the outlet or whatever and find the sales, then... I mean, the thing the is, they're, it's, it's a, they're very good quality um, jackets, coats. They have, you know, kind of full range of things. Um, and, they're, and they're just very popular in, you know, especially rural areas because, uh, you know, they're kind of the, the all-day, you know, thing you would wear all day kind of warm. Okay. I I don't think you should have been so shocked that I hadn't heard of them. No, anymore. no. Okay. It's, uh, here's it's an email that <laughs> says, we to, listening to today's discussion to about ways to spend winnings from the Powerball Lottery, I have a suggestion to share with listeners. Consider philanthropic activity. There are innumerable options to share a windfall, including setting up a foundation. Uh, so that was sort of what you were, were going yeah, for. Yeah, and Nancy. that can be a, a joy. And we, th- I will say, Ryder and I do have that pleasure of working with people who reach that point mm-hmm. and being able to help them give it away. It's just so much fun to call somebody and say, hey, we're giving you a bunch of money. And I will say, if you are planning on giving it all to a, uh, a foundation, you know, one, be aware that you are still going to owe some taxes because not all of your contribution is going to be uh, tax deductible. It's just going to depend on your AGI, and it's going to be a percentage of that. And that's also going to depend on if you're giving to a private foundation, a public charity, or something like a donor-advised fund. So there are talk different areas. to your CPA. Just talk with your CPA or just peruse the IRS website for like 15 minutes. All right. This is going to require a quick answer because we're pressed for time. But if I direct my required minimum distribution to a charitable organization, such as community foundation or private school, Mm-hmm. or college, do I get a tax break for the donation? You don't get a tax break for the donation, but it doesn't count as income that you pay right. tax on. Um, but what we encounter sometimes, you know, say someone, again, just has a $5,000 requirement distribution, they want to give $10,000 to a charity. You can have that whole thing uh, sent from your IRA uh, for convenience sake, um, and that $5,000 that was your RMD will simply, that counts as a non-taxable withdrawal from your IRA. The other five thousand uh, would count as a withdrawal, but would turn around and you would get the deduction. So just watch out how that plays with your standard deduction and uh, any other deductions that you might be taking. All right, that is going to wrap us up for today. Money Talks is a production of MPB Think Radio, funded in part by generous financial support from you, our listeners. To hear today's show or previous show, you can visit MoneyTalks.MPBOnline.org or listen to the podcast. Just search for Money Talks on your favorite podcasting app. Our show is produced. Each week by Liz Gill. So for Dr. Nancy Lotridge Anderson and Ryder Taff, I'm Kevin Farrell. Inviting you to stay tuned up next at 10. It's in legal terms. We'll be back next Tuesday at 9 for another Money Talks, heard only on MPB Think Radio. Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, a financial partner for businesses throughout the South for 130 years. Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, a financial partner for businesses throughout the South for 130 years. Trustmark offers a range of products and services designed to help small businesses efficiently manage finances. More info at Trustmark.com, member FDIC. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.